0: chapter two of part four of the idiot parts three and four by fyodor dostoevsky translated by eva m martin this librivox recording is in the public domain hippolyte had now been five days at the Bitsens. his flitting from the princes to these new quarters had been brought about quite naturally and without many words he did not quarrel with the prince in fact they seemed to part as friends Ganya, who had been hostile enough on that eventful evening, had himself come to see him a couple of days later, probably in obedience to some sudden impulse. For some reason or other Rogozhin, too, had begun to visit the sick boy. The prince thought it might be better for him to move away from his, the prince's, house. Hippolyte informed him, as he took his leave, that Pitson had been kind enough to offer him a corner, and did not say a word about Gania though Gania had procured his invitation and himself came to fetch him away. Gania noticed this at the time and put it to Hippolyte's debit on account. Gania was right when he told his sister that Hippolyte was getting better. That he was better was clear at the first glance. He entered the room now last of all, deliberately, and with a disagreeable smile on his lips. Nina Alexandrovna came in, looking frightened she had changed much since we last saw her half a year ago and had grown thin and pale colia looked worried and perplexed he could not understand the vagaries of the general and knew nothing of the last achievement of that worthy which had caused so much commotion in the house but he could see that his father had of late changed very much and that he had begun to behave in so extraordinary a fashion both at home and abroad that he was not like the same man What perplexed and disturbed him as much as anything was that his father had entirely given up drinking during the last few days. Kolya knew that he had quarrelled with both Lebedeff and the prince, and had just bought a small bottle of vodka and brought it home for his father. Really, mother, he had assured Nina Alexandrovna upstairs, really, you had better let him drink. He has not had a drop for three days. He must be suffering agonies. The general now entered the room threw the door wide open and stood on the threshold trembling with indignation look here my dear sir he began addressing Pitson in a very loud tone of voice if you have really made up your mind to sacrifice an old man your father too or at all events father of your wife an old man who has served his emperor to a wretched little atheist like this all i can say is sir my foot shall cease to tread your floors make your choice sir Make your choice quickly, if you please. Me, or this screw? Yes, screw, sir. I said it accidentally, but let the word stand, this screw, for he screws and drills himself into my soul. Hadn't you better say corkscrew? said Hippolyte. No, sir, not corkscrew. I am a general, not a bottle, sir. Make your choice, sir, me or him. Here Kolya handed him a chair, and he subsided into it, breathless with rage. "'Hadn't you better, better take a nap?' murmured the stupefied Pitson. "'A nap!' shrieked the general. "'I am not drunk, sir. You insult me. I see,' he continued, rising. "'I see that all are against me here. Enough, I go. But no, sirs, know that!' He was not allowed to finish his sentence. Somebody pushed him back into his chair and begged him to be calm. Nina Alexandrovna trembled and cried quietly. Gania retired to the window in disgust. "'But what have I done? What is his grievance?' asked Ibolit, grinning. "'What have you done, indeed?' put in Nina Alexandrovna. "'You ought to be ashamed of yourself, teasing an old man like that, and in your position, too.' "'And pray, what is my position, madam?' I have the greatest respect for you personally but- he's a little screw cried the general he drills holes in my heart and soul he wishes me to be a pervert to atheism know you young greenhorn that i was covered with honours before ever you were born and you are nothing better than a wretched little worm torn in two with coughing and dying slowly of your own malice and unbelief what did gavrila bring you over here for They're all against me, even to my own son, all against me. "'Oh, come, nonsense!' cried Ganya. "'If you did not go shaming us all over the town, things might be better for all parties.' "'What? Shame you? I? What do you mean, you young calf? I shame you? I can only do you honour, sir. I cannot shame you.' He jumped up from his chair in a fit of uncontrollable rage. Ganya was very angry, too. "'Honor, indeed!' said the latter, with contempt. "'What do you say, sir?' growled the general, taking a step towards him. "'I say that I have but to open my mouth, and you—' Gania began, but did not finish. The two, father and son, stood before one another, both unspeakably agitated, especially Ganya. Ganya, Ganya, reflect!' cried his mother hurriedly. "'It's all nonsense on both sides.' snapped at varia let them alone mother it's only for mother's sake that i spare him said gania tragically speak said the general beside himself with rage and excitement speak under the penalty of a father's curse oh father's curse be hanged you don't frighten me that way said gania whose fault is it that you have been as mad as a march hare all this week it is just a week you see i count the days take care now don't provoke me too much or i'll tell all why did you go to the Ipanchins yesterday tell me that and you call yourself an old man too with grey hair and father of a family hm nice sort of a father be quiet Ganya, cried kolya shut up you fool yes but how have i offended him repeated hippolyte still in the same jeering voice why does he call me a screw you all heard it he came to me himself and began telling me about some captain aropagoff i don't wish for your company general i always avoided you you know that what have i to do with captain aropagoff all i did was to express my opinion that probably captain aropagoff never existed at all of course he never existed Gania interrupted but the general only stood stupefied and gazed around in a dazed way. Gania's speech had impressed him with its terrible candour. For the first moment or two he could find no words to answer him, and it was only when Hippolyte burst out laughing and said, "'There, you see, even your own son supports my statement that there never was such a person as Captain Aropagoff,' that the old fellow muttered confusedly, "'Capiton Aropagoff,' not Captain Oropagoff. Capitan, Major Retired Oropagoff. Capitan Kapiton didn't exist either, persisted Ganya maliciously. What? Didn't exist? cried the poor general, and a deep blush suffused his face. That'll do, Ganya, cried Varya and Pitson, Shut up, Ganya, said Kolya. But this intercession seemed to rekindle the general. What did you mean, sir, that he didn't exist? Explain yourself," he repeated angrily. "Because he didn't exist, never could, and never did. There, you better drop the subject. I warn you. And this is my son, my own son, whom I—Oh, gracious heaven! Arapogov, Eroshka, Arapogov didn't exist. Ha <laughs> ha! It's Uroshka now, laughed Hippolyte, "No, sir, Kapitoshka, not Eroshka." i mean kapiton alexeyevich retired major married maria petrovna Lu Lu. he was my friend and companion lutergov from our earliest beginnings i closed his eyes for him he was killed kapiton aropagov never existed Phew. the general shouted in his fury but it was to be concluded that his wrath was not kindled by the expressed doubt as to kapiton's existence this was his scapegoat But his excitement was caused by something quite different. As a rule, he would have merely shouted down the doubt as to Capiton, told a long yarn about his friend, and eventually retired upstairs to his room. But today, in the strange uncertainty of human nature, it seemed to require but so small an offence as this to make his cup to overflow. The old man grew purple in the face. He raised his hands. Enough of this! He yelled, My curse! Away! Out of the house I go! Kolya, bring my bag away. He left the room hastily and in a paroxysm of rage. His wife, Kolya, and Pitson ran out after him. What have you done now? said Varya to Ganya. He'll probably be making off there again. What a disgrace it all is! Well, he shouldn't steal, cried Ganya, panting with fury and just at this moment his eye met hippolyte's as for you sir he cried you should at least remember that you are in a strange house and receiving hospitality you should not take the opportunity of tormenting an old man sir who is too evidently out of his mind hippolyte looked furious but he restrained himself i don't quite agree with you that your father is out of his mind he observed quietly on the contrary i can't help thinking he has been less demented of late don't you think so he has grown so cunning and careful and weighs his words so deliberately he spoke to me about that capitone fellow with an object you know just fancy he wanted me to-oh devil take what he wanted you to do don't try to be too cunning with me young man shouted gania if you are aware of the real reason for my father's present condition AND YOU HAVE KEPT SUCH AN EXCELLENT SPYING WATCH DURING THESE LAST FEW DAYS THAT YOU ARE SURE TO BE AWARE OF IT. YOU HAD NO RIGHT WHATEVER TO TORMENT THE UNFORTUNATE MAN, AND TO WORRY MY MOTHER BY YOUR EXAGGERATIONS OF THE AFFAIR, BECAUSE THE WHOLE BUSINESS IS NONSENSE, SIMPLY A DRUNKEN FREAK, AND NOTHING MORE. QUITE UNPROVED BY ANY EVIDENCE, AND I DON'T BELIEVE THAT MUCH OF IT. HE SNAPPED HIS FINGERS but you must needs spy and watch over us all because you are a-a-screw laughed hippolyte because you are a humbug sir and thought fit to worry people for half an hour and try to frighten them into believing that you would shoot yourself with your little empty pistol pirouetting about and playing at suicide i gave you hospitality you have fattened on it your cough has left you and you repay all this excuse me two words i am varvara ardalionovna's guest not yours you have extended no hospitality to me on the contrary if i am not mistaken i believe you are yourself indebted to mr Pitson's hospitality four days ago i begged my mother to come down here and find lodgings because i certainly do feel better here though i am not fat nor have i ceased to cough i am to-day informed that my room is ready for me therefore having thanked your sister and mother for their kindness to me i intend to leave the house this evening i beg your pardon i interrupted you i think you were about to add something oh if that is the state of affairs began Ganya. excuse me i will take a seat interrupted hippolyte once more sitting down deliberately for i am not strong yet now then i am ready to hear you especially as this is the last chance we shall have of a talk and very likely the last meeting we shall ever have at all Gania felt a little guilty i assure you i did not mean to reckon up debits and credits he began and if you-i don't understand your condescension said Hippolyte. as for me i promised myself on the first day of my arrival in this house that i would have the satisfaction of settling accounts with you in a very thorough manner before i said good-bye to you i intend to perform this operation now if you like after you though of course may i ask you to be so good as to leave this room you'd better speak out you'll be sorry afterwards if you don't hippolyte stop please it's so dreadfully undignified said varia well only for the sake of a lady said hippolyte laughing i am ready to put off the reckoning but only put it off varvara ardalionovna because an explanation between your brother and myself has become an absolute necessity and i could not think of leaving the house without clearing up all misunderstandings first in a word you are a wretched little scandal-monger cried Ganya, and you cannot go away without a scandal you see said hippolyte coolly you can't restrain yourself you'll be dreadfully sorry afterwards if you don't speak out now come you shall have the first say i'll wait Gania was silent and merely looked contemptuously at him you won't very well i shall be as short as possible for my part two or three times to day i have had the word hospitality pushed down my throat this is not fair in inviting me here you yourself entrapped me for your own use you thought i wished to revenge myself upon the prince you heard that aglaya ivanovna had been kind to me and read my confession making sure that i should give myself up to your interests you hoped that you might get some assistance out of me i will not go into details i don't ask either admission or confirmation of this from yourself i am quite content to leave you to your conscience and to feel that we understand one another capitally what a history you are weaving out of the most ordinary circumstances cried Varya. i told you the fellow was nothing but a scandal-monger said gania excuse me Varya ardalionovna i will proceed i can of course neither love nor respect the prince though he is a good-hearted fellow if a little queer but there is no need whatever for me to hate him i quite understood your brother when he first offered me aid against the prince though i did not show it i knew well that your brother was making a ridiculous mistake in me i am ready to spare him however even now but solely out of respect for yourself varvara ardalionovna having now shown you that i am not quite such a fool as i look and that i have to be fished for with a rod and line for a good long while before i am caught i will proceed to explain why i specially wished to make your brother look a fool that my motive power is hate i do not attempt to conceal i have felt that before dying and i am dying however much fatter i may appear to you i must absolutely make a fool of at least one of that class of men which has dogged me all my life which i hate so cordially and which is so prominently represented by your much esteemed brother i should not enjoy paradise nearly so much without having done this first i hate you gavrila ardalionovitch solely this may seem curious to you but i repeat solely because you are the type the incarnation and head and crown of the most impudent the most self-satisfied the most vulgar and detestable form of commonplaceness. You are ordinary of the ordinary. You have no chance of ever fathering the pettiest idea of your own. And yet you are as jealous and conceited as you can possibly be. You consider yourself a great genius. Of this you are persuaded, although there are dark moments of doubt and rage when even this fact seems uncertain. There are spots of darkness on your horizon though they will disappear when you become completely stupid. But a long and checkered path lies before you, and of this I am glad. In the first place you will never gain a certain person." "'Come, come, this is intolerable. You had better stop, you little mischief-making wretch!' cried Varya. Gania had grown very pale. He trembled but said nothing. Hippolyte paused and looked at him intently and with great gratification. He then turned his gaze upon Varya, bowed, and went out without adding another word. Ganya might justly complain of the hardness with which fate treated him. Varya dared not speak to him for a long while as he strode past her, backwards and forwards. At last he went and stood at the window, looking out, with his back turned towards her. There was a fearful row going on upstairs again. "'Are you off?' said gania suddenly remarking that she had risen and was about to leave the room wait a moment look at this he approached the table and laid a small sheet of paper before her it looked like a little note good heavens cried varia raising her hands this was the note gavrila ardalionovitch persuaded of your kindness of heart i have determined to ask your advice on a matter of great importance to myself i should like to meet you to-morrow morning at seven o'clock by the green bench in the park it is not far from our house varvara ardalionovna who must accompany you knows the place well a e what on earth is one to make of a girl like that said varia gania little as he felt inclined for swagger at this moment could not avoid showing his triumph especially just after such humiliating remarks as those of hippolyte a smile of self-satisfaction beamed on his face and varia too was brimming over with delight and this is the very day that they were to announce the engagement what will she do next what do you suppose she wants to talk about to-morrow asked gania oh that's all the same the chief thing is that she wants to see you after six months absence look here gania this is a serious business don't swagger again and lose the game play carefully but don't funk do you understand as if she could possibly avoid seeing what i have been working for all this last six months and just imagine i was there this morning and not a word of this i was there you know on the sly the old lady did not know or she would have kicked me out i ran some risk for you you see i did so want to find out at all hazards here there was a frantic noise upstairs once more several people seemed to be rushing downstairs at once now gonya cried varia frightened we can't let him go out we can't afford to have a breath of scandal about the town at this moment run after him and beg his pardon quick but the father of the family was out in the road already kolya was carrying his bag for him nina alexandrovna stood and cried on the doorstep she wanted to run after the general but pitsun kept her back You will only excite him more, he said. He has nowhere else to go to. He'll be back here in half an hour. I've talked it all over with Kolya. Let him play the fool a bit. It will do him good. What are you up to? Where are you off to? You've nowhere to go to, you know, cried Ganya out of the window. Come back, father. The neighbors will hear, cried Varya. The general stopped, turned round, raised his hands, and remarked, my curse be upon this house, which observation should always be made in as theatrical a tone as possible, muttered Ganya, shutting the window with a bang. The neighbours undoubtedly did hear Varia rushed out of the room. No sooner had his sister left him alone than Ganya took the note out of his pocket, kissed it, and pirouetted around. End of chapter Two.